Welcome to Confessions of a Realtor. As an active, full-time realtor serving Tallahassee and the surrounding areas since 2014, it was time to use my experience to educate consumers on the whys and hows behind the home buying and home selling processes. We'll have some fun, I'll share some crazy real estate stories, and keep you informed on realtors' best kept secrets. Why? Because when you're informed, you can make empowered decisions. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Realtor. Today, we're going to hop into part two of our 12-step selling process. Part one was last week's episode where we discussed steps one through six. So we'll be picking up with step seven today. If you missed last week's episode, go ahead, catch up, and then hop right back into today's episode. So we'll pick up with step number seven, which is putting your home on the market and scheduling showings. The biggest things that sellers can do to really help their process is to allow the house to be shown as much as possible. People can't buy what they cannot see. And I understand that showing a house is an inconvenience, but we want it to be shown until it gets under contract and sometimes even after we have it under contract, just depending on the particulars of your home sale. So typically how we do that is we'll encourage our clients to keep the house as neat and tidy as possible the same way that you had it for the listing photos. And so what you'll want to do is you'll want to leave the house in the morning if you go into work. You'll want to leave it as show ready as possible. You'll want to leave it in really great condition because sometimes a showing may be requested at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and they may want to see the house at three o'clock when you're not back from home yet. So it's going to be an inconvenience for you to run home and put the dishes in the dishwasher and clean up the kids' toys off of the living room floor. So we typically recommend that you leave the house in show-ready condition, in good condition, kind of like how you would want to see a house when you go and take a look at property. And showing your house is an inconvenience. When I sold my first home, I had high gloss floors and my son was about two years old at the time. And with him being two years old, his little baby feet left smudges on the floor constantly that I had to clean up and make sure that the house was in show ready condition every time that there was a showing scheduled. But it worked and, you know, it was done. We got the sale done. So you'll want to be able to make some of the short term sacrifices to show the property well for the long term gain of selling the property and getting the most buyers for your property. Step number eight, you'll want to review and negotiate every contract that is received. So let's say that a buyer makes an offer on your property after seeing it. The home showed well, they're happy with it. But let's say that their contract comes in five, 10, 15 grand under the list price. Always think of the buyer's first contract as a contract that is going to be negotiated. It is sometimes very hard for sellers not to take offense to a lower offer than they were expecting, or sometimes they will, I've heard sellers make judgments about buyers, well, maybe they're making this offer because they just can't afford the property, and if they can't afford it, they shouldn't have seen it. And that's not always the case. People think real estate, and they think negotiation. 
So we always want to keep a cool head and we want to be expert negotiators when it comes down to contracts. Now, there really are three responses that a seller can have when a contract is presented to them. The first thing that they can do is they can accept the contract. So let's say that you have a good contract on your home. It came in where you were expecting or where you're happy with it and you're willing to move forward with this buyer, then you would just sign off on the contract saying that you accept it and you're under contract and your home is put into a contingent status on the consumer websites. The second thing that you can do is you can technically reject the offer. So there's two typical ways that sellers will reject offers. The first way is that they can actually sign on the offer. There's a spot where you can initial to reject it. And we can present that to the buyer's agent saying, hey, so sorry, the buyer, I'm sorry, the seller is rejecting your offer. And the second way that an offer can be rejected is by not responding timely. So contracts have to be replied to in the time that the buyer puts on the contract. I would say most of the time, buyers give anywhere from 12 hours to 48 hours for a seller to respond to a contract. No response is a response. So if you are supposed to reply on the 16th by 5 p.m. and we don't reply until the 16th at 6 p.m., technically you've rejected the contract unless we write that in as an addendum to the contract and it's a change that's signed off on by both buyer and seller. So ignoring a timeline or responding slow is technically a rejection of the contract. The third response, and this is the fun part, is negotiating the contract. Really, every line item on that contract can be negotiated. The most common thing that people go to to negotiate is purchase price. I would say second would be closing date. Third would be inspection issues or inspection items. So yes, the buyer can negotiate a certain amount from the seller for repairs. They can put on the contract, well, we want to negotiate three grand in repairs that may come up or five grand in repairs that may come up. And sometimes they will ask for that at the time of the presentation of the contract and without even seeing a home inspection report. The most common thing that I think that we do in a balanced market is negotiate a contract and you'll want to negotiate each and every one of them. The reason why I encourage my sellers to always negotiate a contract is because sometimes you may have a buyer that starts low and then we're able to come to a better purchase price for the seller. You never want to give up until either party says, hey, this is my final number. This is my final offer. Now, when a contract is presented, one of the things that I always stress to my sellers is that unless the buyer defaults on the contract, there are really, the majority of the time, there's only two things that are happening after you sign a contract with the buyer. Either number one, you're selling the house to them, or number two, you're getting sued. Our contract does not allow the buyer, I'm sorry, the seller rather, much flexibility when it comes to getting out of a contract. Buyers have 50 million ways out of a contract once they sign it. They could be unhappy with the inspections or they could be unhappy with a survey, an appraisal. There's, there's a litany of reasons that buyers can pull out of a contract. Sellers, pretty much once you sign, you're either selling or you're getting sued. 
The ninth step of our selling process is monitoring the contract. So the buyer normally in our contract has 15 days to do their home inspections and to ask you for any repairs. The buyer will also get an appraisal done of the home. And sometimes the buyer will want to get into the home for measurements. Sometimes they'll want to measure the flooring if they're putting in their own new flooring. Sometimes they'll want to get dimensions of the room to make sure that their furniture fits. So we're monitoring the contract for deadlines. And then we're also wanting to allow the buyer access up until a certain point. I would say it's kind of typical for buyers to come back at least twice to the home, but we'll want to monitor the contract and make sure that everyone is keeping track of deadlines. The contract has all sorts of timelines, including when the buyer has to make their deposit, the deadline of when they can schedule their inspections by, when they need to do their appraisal. So we monitor all of those deadlines for you and often in the background. A lot of times, once a contract is signed, sellers are like, okay, great, Rachel, you know, what do we do now? And honestly, what we do at that point is just wait. On the seller side, so when you're selling your house, it's a very different experience from the buyer side. On the buyer side, you're frequently gathering documentation for your lender. You're scheduling your inspections. You're making sure that your appraisal is getting done with the timeline. There's a lot of checklists on the buyer side. On the seller side, though, you're in a very reactive position to where we're waiting for the buyer to make a request as far as any repairs that they want done. We're waiting for them to schedule with their appraiser and then relaying that information to you so that you can have the house in a really great condition. So on the seller side, you are in definitely more of a reactive position. And this leads us right into step number 10, which is encouraging our seller clients to start packing. Yes, you've made it past the 15th day. And by the 15th day, most of the buyer's contingencies, most of their ways out of the contract and getting their deposit back have passed by that 15th day deadline. So while a loan for a buyer is not fully approved until typically a few days before closing, which is about 10 days past, the 15th day of the contract, it typically is statistically safe for the sellers to start packing at that 15th day because most buyers can't get their deposit back past that point. And we encourage the whole family to get involved on packing. Encourage the kids to start putting away their toys. Start packing up those lawn tools. Start actually realizing that this is happening for you and you are moving. And then we also typically have recommendations of movers in town that we know will pack up your things as well if that's something that you are open to. And now we're ready for the 11th step of our process, which is typically the most fun for sellers, which is closing day. On closing day, the buyer, typically about an hour or two before closing, will walk through the home. We call it the final walkthrough, and we ask that the sellers not be there. And they'll walk through the home and make sure that everything that was on the contract as supposed to have been left there is there, and that the house hasn't had any major changes, that nothing's changed with the condition of the property. In the state of Florida, you have to be out of your house on the day of closing. So we always encourage our sellers to make sure that everything that they want is out of the property because technically as soon as the buyer signs those documents at the closing table, they own everything in that house, whether you want them to or not. So we'll make sure that you know to get your things out. We'll schedule closing for you. And typically, like I said, the buyer will do a final walkthrough of the home prior to closing. Now, on the selling side, you really don't have many documents to sign at the closing table. 
Closing typically takes about 30 to 45 minutes with honestly the buyer doing more of the heavy lifting and signing a lot more documents, but you'll need a few things. You'll need your driver's licenses if there are multiple parties signing as seller of the home. And then you will also need to let the title company know how you want to receive your big fat check how you want to receive your proceeds, how you want to receive the money that you're making off the home. And there's two typical ways that title companies will arrange to have those funds to you. The kind of default way, if they don't hear otherwise, and if you don't have another preference, is they'll just give you a cashier's check for the proceeds at the closing table. The second way that they will give you the funds is they'll ask if you want to do a wire transfer. And ideally, you know, we want to have that information over to the title company in advance of closing. So we'll typically ask you how you want the title company to give you your proceeds. But in the event that it just doesn't get communicated, the title company will have forms that we can give you at the closing table to fill out your banking information so that you know where to have the title company wire the funds after closing. Most of the time, we like for the seller and the buyer to be at the closing table together. It typically gives a sense of finality to the process, and it's cool for both parties to meet each other, especially because 95% of the time, the process is actually pretty amicable between buyer and seller. Let's say that you've just had a lot of stress with the buyer and you want to close separately. We can definitely arrange that. We've had seller and buyer close in different rooms before. That is something that we've done. If you're selling your house because you're going through a divorce, we've sometimes had the soon-to-be ex-husband and soon-to-be ex-wife sign at separate times and in separate rooms. There are several accommodations that we can make if we have the information from you to be able to make that accommodation with the title company. Also, as a seller, like I said, we ideally like for you to be able to close with the buyer, but let's say that you just can't make the time that the buyer wants to close at and the buyer doesn't have any flexibility at all to be able to change the closing time. We can always have you sign ahead of time as the seller, as long as the title company has the documents ready for you to sign. We've also had clients who have sold their home or put it under contract rather with a buyer, and then they've had to leave the state. They've had to relocate or maybe they've been on vacation. As a seller, you can do what's called a mail-away closing in which the title company will send you the documents ahead of time for them to be ready and typically FedEx back so that they are ready on closing date for the buyer to sign off on those same documents. So there's a couple of different ways that we can make the closing day work. It just depends on your unique circumstance. And then the 12th step in our selling process is we'll ask you for referrals. We'll ask you, are there any other sellers that you know that we can help? We try to make sure that we are doing a good job for you during the process because yes, we want to serve you well. And that is something that is a high priority to us. But also we want to do such a great job for you that you're willing and ready to help and introduce us to other people who can also use our services. So that's the final step of our process, and that's how we sell your home in 12 steps. So today we went over steps 7 through 12, and let's just recap those. The seventh step, putting the home on the market and getting it ready for showings. The eighth step, we negotiate all contracts or respond to all contracts. The ninth step, we're in a reactive position where the buyer is conducting inspections and we're monitoring your contract. The tenth step, it's time to start packing. The eleventh step, Closing day, also known as payday for the sellers. 
And then on the 12th step, we will ask you for referrals to make sure that we're continuing to be able to serve other people just like you. I hope that this episode in part two of our 12-step selling process was helpful to you. And I love quotes and I wanted to start leaving these podcast episodes at the end with a motivational quote. So I'll share my absolute favorite quote with you guys now. It's by Earl Nightingale and the quote is, never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. That's it for today's episode of Confessions of a Realtor. If you're looking for an active full-time agent in the Tallahassee or surrounding areas, thinking about moving or just want more real estate tips and tricks, the best place to connect with me is my Instagram page, Rachel Sells Homes 850. You'll also find it linked in the show notes. My Instagram also has a link in the bio to schedule a complimentary consultation with me, whether you're thinking about selling or purchasing. Alternatively, feel free to text me at 850-206-2199 and I'll respond during business hours. I look forward to connecting with you. 